President Trump has signed a preliminary trade deal with China, causing economic experts who said such a deal was impossible to quit their economic expert jobs and go into other professions like doing street mime for spare change and scooping ice cream at Cold Stones, where they get to break into song every time someone leaves a tip. Trump signed the deal in a public ceremony with Chinese Vice Premier Liu He, saying he thought Liu He was, quote, a great little yellow guy, despite that squinty-eyed look they all have that makes them seem kind of shifty till you get to know them, unquote. In the deal, the Chinese agree, agree to buy over $200 billion in U.S. goods, including 435 million cheap plastic plastic dolls made in China. They'll also provide protection for U.S. intellectual property by sending us 330 million baggies containing plastic mustaches and rubber noses that intellectual property can wear as a disguise so it can can escape from China without being stolen. China has also agreed to purchase $32 billion in U.S. agricultural goods, including 675 million orders of takeout cashew chicken, though Trump said he would throw in the fortune cookies for free. In return, President Trump has promised to stop saying the word China in that sharp, derogatory way he has and will quit rolling his eyes whenever Chinese negotiators pretend to agree to things. Also, no more Hong Kong jokes. Senator Chuck Schumer said he was unhappy with the China deal. Sobbing loudly, Senator Schumer told his therapist, quote, President Trump is supposed to be a great deal maker, but he caved in the minute the Chinese gave him everything he wanted. He has repeatedly promised to lower taxes, cut regulations and negotiate new trade deals. And while, yes, he's done all those things, he still hasn't dropped by my house for bagels like he said he would, unquote. Bernie Sanders also attacked the deal, saying it would only serve 4% of the population, namely people who live in the United States. Trigger warning, I'm Andrew Clavin, and this is The Andrew Clavin Show. You know, yesterday I was reading the polls, I'm watching the news and I started reading the polls and I have to be honest at this point. I don't know anymore whether to trust the polls. In, in all honesty, I didn't trust them when Barack Obama ran for re-election and the polls kept saying Obama was going to win. I could not believe anyone would give that hapless schmuck a second term after all the lies he told and the mess he'd made of everything. And I was wrong. The polls were right. And that made me distrust myself and regard the polls more cautiously. I give them a little bit more respect than I used to do. But I have to be honest, when I look at the polls now, I am struck silly with disbelief. IDB has blithering Joe Biden beating Trump in a general election by two points. Communist Bernie Sanders is supposed to beat him by one point. Quinnipiac has Trump's disapproval at 52 percent and his approval at 43. And Rasmussen says 55 percent of those polled feel the country is on the wrong track, while only 40 percent say we're headed in the right direction. Now, now, listen, I I acknowledge you. You have heard me say this a million times. I acknowledge Donald Trump can be an off-putting character. He's brash and he's rude and he's got a dodgy past. And a lot of women especially don't like him. But 
His policies have set the economy on fire. Working people of all kinds have seen their wages rise for the first time in a decade. Black unemployment is lower than it's been since records started being kept in 1972. That's for black men, I think. Illegal immigration, way down. There have been no new wars. Iran's chief killer of Americans is dust. The terrorist nation of Iran is clearly quaking in its boots. Trump is negotiating new trade deals the experts said were impossible. Our allies may snark at us behind our backs, but they're also falling in line with Trump because what Trump does works. And meanwhile, the Democrats have wasted their time impeaching Trump over nothing after their last two nothings turned out to be nothing. Every city the Democrats run is becoming a hellhole. Every state they run is emptying out as people run for their lives to the better run red states. The Democrats' two top presidential candidates are, to put it bluntly, a communist and an idiot. And if a pro-American word ever came into their brains, it would die of loneliness. Now, obviously, I'm biased. I, am, I love America. I'm in favor of freedom. I believe in the founding principles. I believe in constitutional governance. Maybe I'm missing something here. But if the polls are right and Americans are really finding the choice between Trump and the Democrats this difficult, then we have to ask ourselves two big questions. How much are their opinions shaped by a media that hates the founding ideas of this nation? And how much can that fantasy by, be dented by reality? Do the people's feelings care at all about the facts? That's the question before us. And reality versus fantasy is the battle we're in. And I'll show you exactly what I mean as we go forward today. But first, let us talk about ebb sleep. This is a strange thing. Now, I don't sleep at all, Some, but, but I don't have insomnia. I just don't sleep a lot. I'm a person who needs maybe three or four hours of sleep a night. People with insomnia are in hell. They hate it. It is terrible. They walk around exhausted all the time. They try everything. And before you try drugs, which I just think is a really bad idea, try this machine called Ebb Sleep. It's a wearable solution that fits over the forehead and gently and precisely cools the forehead to reduce your racing thoughts. I tried it yesterday, and I have to say, it gives you this feeling of kind of being distant and far away, and it kind of cools you down and calms you down a little bit. And it allows people who are suffering from uh, sleeplessness to drift more comfortably into a deeper, more restorative sleep without using drugs. Ebb is the first and only wearable drug-free solution that targets the root cause of sleeplessness, those racing thoughts. You want to have the energy to do the things you love by getting the sleep you need. Ebb's natural solution has no morning side effects and allows you to get back to your peak performance. Our listeners can now try Ebb risk-free for 60 nights to confirm it's the solution you've been looking for at tryebb.com slash Clavin. That's T-R-Y-E-B-B dot com slash Clavin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't even finished spelling ebb for crying out loud. slash Clavin. Order today to get the sleep you need and deserve. All right, now tell them how to spell Clavin. There are no E's in Clavin. I just make it look this easy. I got to play you two of the funniest clips. I have, I heard yesterday, you know, the impeachment trial has now started in the Senate. They're going through some, some of the preliminaries. But first, they stopped to have a huge bipartisan vote approving Trump's new NAFTA deal. So that's going to go to the president. Huge bipartisan victory after a huge victory with the Chinese yesterday. So the Democrats are desperate to make this seem important. Nobody cares about this impeachment. And they think everybody's going to be glued to the television set watching this battle over what Trump said to Ukraine. So Nancy Pelosi signs this thing. And you know how prayerful and serious she was. She was grinning. She's handing out the pens because she signed, she signed the impeachment. So Pelosi tries to point out that this is 
historic. Listen, you got to listen carefully to this. Listen carefully to Nancy Pelosi's statement. This is cut number one. This is a very important day for us. And as you know, I reference temporal markers that our founders and our poets and others have used over time uh, to place us in time, to emphasize the importance of time, because everything is about time, how we use it, how we make, how we uh, mark it. And today is an important day because today is the day uh, that we name the managers, we go to the floor uh, to pass the resolution to transmit uh, the articles of impeachment to the Senate. And later in the day, when we have our engrossment, uh, that we march uh, those articles of impeachment to the United States Senate. As I've said, it's always been uh, our founders when they started. When in the course of human events, it becomes necessary. When Abraham Lincoln fourscore and seven years ago, Thomas Paine. Now are the t- these are the times that try men's souls. The times have found us again and again. Even even our poets, uh, Longfellow. Remember, listen, my children, and you will hear the midnight ride of Paul Revere on the 18th of April in 75. Hardly a man is now alive that remembers that famous day and year. It's always about marking history using time. As I've said, it's always been uh, our founders when they started. When in the course of human events, it becomes necessary. When? Abraham Lincoln forced. Are you drunk? (laughs) What on earth? She has lost her marbles. What on earth are people talking about? Later in the show, I will play you the press trying to build this up. But this is the fantasy that they're selling and the press is selling it too. Like I said, later in the show, I'll play you the press trying to sell this as a big historic, a reverential, religious, it's a religious moment. It's a religious moment. It's unbelievable stuff. And this is, has got to be the fantasy that people are living in to think that things are going badly because they don't like Donald Trump. And like I said, I understand you don't like Donald Trump. I don't always like Donald Trump. That's not the point. The point is the guy is there. This is what we're going to be talking about. The guy is there to do a job. It is just the presidency. He is not the king. He is not the guy on the coins. He's not anything but the guy, the executive of the company of America. That's his job. And if he isn't doing a great job, I've never seen a great job done. So it's fantasy versus reality. That is the fight we're in. And if you want to see what the Democrats, meanwhile, are talking about, I'll I'll get back to the impeachment thing. I'll talk more about this in a minute. But Trump yesterday, right, is signing the China trade deal. Let's just take that clip uh, of of him uh, talking about the trade deal uh, as he signed it with the uh, vice premier from China. Okay, let's play that. I want to thank President Xi, a very, very good friend of mine. We've, uh, we're representing different countries. He's representing China. I'm representing the U.S., but we've uh, developed an incredible relationship. But I want to thank him for his cooperation and partnership throughout this very complex process. Our negotiations were tough, honest, open, and respectful, leading us to this really incredible breakthrough. Most people thought this could never happen. 
Should have happened 25 years ago, by the way, but that's okay. Mr. Humblebrag. <laughs> Wait, we got he'll be bragging. He doesn't have to be humblebrag. Uh, you know, even the Wall Street Journal, which has just hated Trump using these tariffs as a weapon, even they admitted this was a breakthrough. Uh, it does give, uh, China has agreed to increase its imports of U.S. goods by $200 billion over the next two years. And that's something you can measure, right? That's something the Chinese can't really cheat on because you can measure whether they're importing uh, $200 billion uh, of, um, of, of goods. And also it, it gives them a, um, a way of prosecuting them when they steal our ideas, when they steal our property. Uh, you know, and, and a lot of people are saying the Wall Street Journal is grumping about this because they, they hate the fact that he did this. They hate the fact that he has frightened the markets with his tariff fights. I, and I get it. That's they're there to defend Wall Street. But still, you know, uh, they said, well, what he should have done is he should have stu stuck with the Trans-Pacific Partnership and gotten all the countries together to fight with China. But does anybody believe they would have done that? I mean, it's only the U.S. that ever does anything, and it's only Trump who has the guts to do it. So this is what Trump is doing, and I have to play because I played, made fun of Nancy Pelosi. I do have to make a little bit of fun of Trump uh, promoting himself. Do we have the cut of him saying how great he is? Yeah, this is cut number nine. It wouldn't be Trump without a little bit of Trumpiness. Where's Rupert? Is Rupert not here? I can't believe Rupert's not here. Is he the greatest? But he was going to get $40 billion for his thing. He sold all the stuff he didn't want. And he kept the best stuff. So Rupert's doing right, yeah? He, Rupert's fantastic. And the great Lou Dobbs, you know? At first he said, he's the best since Reagan. Then he got to know me more and more, and he said, he's even better than Reagan. But Lou Dobbs, he said, he's the greatest of them all. I said, does that include Washington and Lincoln? And he said, yes. Now, I don't know if he was for real, but that's okay. But the great, he is. The great Lou Dobbs. Thank you very much. I'm Donald Trump, and I approve this message. <laughs> I'll bet he approves that message. You gotta you got love him, but some people don't love him. And this is the thing that bothers people. You know, this is the funny thing. It's, it's the, the brashness. It's the insulting people. It's the past coming up to bite him in the neck and all this stuff. What are the Democrats arguing about? What are the Democrats arguing about? They, they're arguing about whether Bernie Sanders said a woman in a private conversation two years ago said a woman couldn't win the presidency. So they had this fight where Bernie said, no, I didn't say it. Warren said, I did. You did say it during the um, debates. And afterwards, they got together and uh, Warren refused to shake Sanders hands. They refused to shake hands. And now CNN has released the audio of what they were saying. This is this is the real deal. This is the audio of what they were saying to each other. Here it is. I think you called me a liar on national TV. You called me a liar on national no. TV? Let's not do it right now. You want to have that discussion, we'll have that Anytime. discussion. You called me. You told me. All right, let's not do it I'm now. Not, I don't want to get in the middle, but I just want to say hi, Bernie. Yeah, good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you lie! You're a f***ing lie! Shut up! <laughs> I like, I like they're like a married couple. We'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it when we get home. We're not going to have this conversation at the party. It's, it's wonderful. So that's what they're arguing about, whether Bernie, and, you know, personally, I don't actually believe Bernie said this. And, and who would believe Elizabeth Warren about anything? I don't believe Elizabeth Warren when she offers her husband a beer. Hi, honey, you're home. I am going to have a beer. Would you like to have a beer? I don't even believe her when she says that. Look at her cheekbones. <laughs> exactly. Look at her cheekbones. You know, so this is the this is the way the left thinks, right? Matthew Dowd 
ABC, this is ABC, of course, where they, uh, which, which one did they do? Oh, yeah, they dumped the, uh, the Jeffrey Epstein story. And they're, got, they're led by uh, George Stephanopoulos, who, of course, covered up for Bill Clinton. This is ABC, the masters of morality. Matthew Dowd, ABC's chief political analyst, tweets out, you know, one clear way to demonstrate that you believe a woman can, can and should be president don't try to defeat a woman running for president. It's as, if, it's as if these politicians running for office aren't supposed to run for office. And my favorite was people tweeting out, you know, uh, we have to believe. Don't, haven't we learned from the Me Too movement that we have to believe all women? Well, if that's what you learned, you learned stupid stuff. Because, you know, women, this is, is going to come as a big shock to the left. Women are human beings. Human beings lie. I mean, this is the thing. Everybody lies. All sides lie. There's no there's no guardian against being a liar. It is just amazing how stupid and simplistic they are. But they're selling this stuff because it sells the fantasy. Michael Moore, you know, and I play Michael Moore because Michael Moore has a certain uh, string of stream of honesty beneath all the deception. His films are completely deceptive about socialism and communism and all this stuff. But but he does try to look at the world honestly in terms of his side winning. And this is what Moore said about this. The focus has to be about Trump. It has to be about the system that gave us Trump to make sure that doesn't happen again. And the fact that we would be talking about this. And I, I've known Bernie since the 80s. So there's no way he said anything like the way it's been reported. So, I mean, to be honest, the night that that happened, uh, my first thought was, they will mark uh, this day, January 13th, as the day Donald Trump was reelected. Because once again, the Democrats, the liberals, the left, couldn't get it together, couldn't figure out, instead of much so happy to get right in there and fight each other like this. And um, I'm like, when are we ever going to learn? This is on us. This is not on the Russians. It's not on the Republicans. It's on the Democratic Party for not getting its act together and not using its head. And he's right to blame Elizabeth Warren, too, because Elizabeth Warren is desperate because her polls are tanking and her polls are tanking because she came out and gave the told the truth about what it was going to cost to put her policies into place. That's a mistake that Bernie Sanders has never made. Now, if you want to know what underlies this, what underlies this whole kind of conversation, we will turn to the spokesplace of the left, New York Times, the op-ed page, or as we like to call it, knucklehead row. Charles Charles Blow, one of the chief knuckleheads on Knucklehead Row, one of the most aptly named uh, columnists because his columns do in fact blow. Uh, he has a, a column called "To Beat Trump: Put Ideals Before Ideas." Now think about this for a minute. You are electing politicians. You are electing people to run the country, which is a an objective job. It's something you do. But he wants you to put ideals before ideas. And the subhead is voters in this presidential election are more concerned with the candidate's values than their proposals. <laughs> so in other words, what he wants you to do is he wants you to see Donald Trump and all the bad things about Donald Trump and all the things you don't like about Donald Trump. And he doesn't want you to think about the policies. But of course, you know, 
I, I get that. There is a certain level of uh, wickedness and evil that would tri- triumph over even a person's policies. If they started to find bodies in the Rose Garden, you'd start to say, yeah, well, but that would have been Hillary Clinton's presidency. But if they did, you would start to say, yeah, it doesn't matter what his policies are. We got to get him out of there. But what has Trump done? Said something to the president of the Ukraine. That is the fantasy they're selling. They're selling the fantasy that because he's a big mouth, and he is, because he can be rude and brash, and he can, because he hasn't always lived the way, you know, a, a Christian minister should live, that we should ignore the fact that his policies are successful. And he says, Charles Blow says, the moderate candidates pitch a path to victory to win back white people in the Midwest by being just milk toast enough not to offend them and to cause them no guilt or consternation about having supported a racist, sexist, transphobe who lies about everything and honors Nothing. But we are selling values. And that's the that is the idea that we are selling the good things. We're selling the good things of this world. So let's take a look at the impeachment. Let's take a look at what's happening in this impeachment. There's a tremendous coincidence that just as the Democrats got ready to send the articles of impeachment over to the Senate, Suddenly, new information comes out. And this is the stuff from Lev Parnas, who is an associate of Rudy Giuliani's. He is under indictment uh, for what is he under indictment for? He fed, uh, he is uh, federal prosecutors allege that Lev Parnas and Igor Fruman were engaged in political activities in the U.S. on behalf of one or more Ukrainian government officials, including a lobbying campaign targeted at a Republican congressman to remove the U.S. ambassador in Kiev. So anyway, they they found all these documents, these notes that he made saying we've got to get them to announce. We've got to get Ukraine to announce they're going to investigate uh, Donald Trump. And, and he goes on with uh, Rachel Maddow and says Trump knew all about it. What do you think is the main inaccuracy or the main lie that's being told that you feel like you can correct? That the president didn't know what was going on. Uh, president Trump knew exactly what was going on. Uh, he was aware of all of my movements. Uh, he, I wouldn't do anything without the consent of Rudy Giuliani or the president. Now, I have to be honest about this and say that I've never cared about this story. And I know it's now it's the impeachment. We got to cover it. We got to talk about it. I have never cared about this. We heard about Trump colluding with Russia. Turned out Hillary Clinton colluded with Russia to get this information, the Steele dossier on Trump. We heard about Trump obstructing justice. Turned out he cooperated with every possible investigation, the Mueller investigation. He was sending over millions and millions of documents. He was yelling about it. You know, he was saying, who will rid me of this uh, troublesome investigation? But he was not obstructing it at all. They went with Stormy Daniels. They went with anything they could find. They finally stumbled on these four sentences in this conversation. And the fact that Rudy Giuliani, who, you know, and and it's sad because Rudy Giuliani used to be one of the great politicians in this country. He cleaned, almost single-handedly cleaned up New York from the cesspit it was. And it really was a cesspit. I lived there when it was. You could not go outside after dark. It was dangerous everywhere you went. People were afraid. You couldn't go in the park. Now you walk in Central Park at night. And there are people, uh, you know, it it reminds me of that old song, Autumn in New York, you know, lovers uh, who bless the dark on benches in Central Park. That's happening again. That just like it used to back in the 30s and 40s. All of that was Rudy Giuliani. And of course, his triumphant handling of the tragedy and uh, atrocity of the World Trade Center being brought down, his heroic handling of that. The guy was a great, great mayor. Now he seems to have gone off the deep end a little bit. And some of the stuff that comes out of his mouth, you don't know what he's going to say next. Here is a White House spokeswoman, Stephanie Grisham, uh, talking about Lev Parnas and basically dismissing everything he says. 
The president has said he did not know him. And I've got to say, you know, just to say Rudy told me these things doesn't mean that it has anything to do with the president. And it certainly doesn't mean that the president was directing him to do anything. You know, we stand by exactly what we've been saying. The president did nothing wrong. The phone calls, the transcripts say everything there is to it. This is a man who's under an indi under indictment and who's actually out on bail. This is a man who owns a company called Fraud Inc. So I think that's <laughs> something that people should be thinking about. Um, you know, we're not too concerned about it. Once again, right. we know that everything in the Senate's going to be fair. It's it's unfortunate that he's now making a media tour out with a lot of the outlets that are, you know, against yeah. the president. I think that shows exactly what he's doing. Well, it shows he's probably trying to stay out of jail, too. But, you know, just, just remember, just to be fair, Trump has surrounded himself with these guys, this Michael Cohen, uh, Roy Cohen, all these uh, pseudo tough guys from New York who are, say they're willing to do anything. And then the minute the feds break down their door, they suddenly start gabbing and talking about it. He has surrounded himself with these guys throughout his life and then dumped them when they were no longer useful to him. Uh, and it has not it's not a good look for him. And there was a hilarious interview with Eric Bowling. One of the things that uh, was found in these papers was were these charges um, that Marie Yovanovitch, one of the, the Ukrainian ambassador who claimed she was unfairly fired, uh, she says that she was being uh, uh, trailed by Trump's agents, this guy, Robert Hyde. So Eric Bowling called him up, called Robert Hyde up and asked him uh, whether he was uh, he was following him, and here's what Hyde said. Did you wait, did you have eyes on <clears throat> Marie Ivanovich? Absolutely not. Are you kidding me? I'm a little landscaper from Connecticut. Excuse my language. I'm a. Are you? Come on. You know me, Eric. No, well, I do. I not. do. I've, I've known I you. Was, I believe I was in Ecuador while we were WhatsApping each other. That's why we were using WhatsApp. I mean, I'd like to see the full text come out because there was some real colorful stuff set by Parnas. <laughs> these guys. And just just to be fair here, you know, it is true that that Trump surrounded himself with these guys and a lot of them are sleazy. But the whole fantasy here is that Trump is sleazy, but the Democrats are clean. You know, the Democrats who've been covering up for Jeffrey Epstein, who've been, you know, covering up for Harvey Weinstein, the Democrats who kill stories about these people, the Democrats who elevated Michael Avenatti, who got and now Michael Avenatti is being sent back to jail. Uh, he is uh, he is being sent back to jail in the middle when he was he was arrested in the middle of being uh, cashiered by the Bar Association. Uh, he's now been uh, uh, jailed in California. Let's just go back and remember how the media treated Avenatti when he was representing Stormy Daniels, a stripper who had a consensual affair or says she had a consensual affair with Trump. And that was supposed to be this big deal. Let's not forget that the sleaziness is on both sides. He's Donald Trump's worst nightmare. Michael Avenatti. Joining us once again is Michael Avenatti. Let's bring in Michael Avenatti. Michael Avenatti. Michael Avenatti. Michael Avenatti, thank you very much. He's out there saving the <laughs> Look, country. Don Meacham says he may be the savior of the republic. You are something of a folk hero now. I owe Michael Avenatti an apology. I've been saying enough already, Michael. I've seen you everywhere. What do you have left to say? I was wrong, brother. You have a lot to say. I uh, am just dying to hear what you think. These people all like you. I'm the only person right here Donald Trump fears more than Robert Miller. We think you guys are the tip of the spear that's going to take down Donald Trump. Right. Michael Avenatti is a beast. Okay, that's true. And he, he's a beast. He's a beast. I hand it to yeah. her and I hand it to Michael Avenatti. But he has a great, bigger calling here. That being a lawyer is minimal compared to what he's doing. No one has talked tougher directly to Donald Trump on TV than Michael Avenatti. And Donald Trump is afraid to mention his name. That's fascinating. <laughs> are, are elites 
are sleazy. Our leaders are sleazy. The people telling us, preaching to us about political correctness, the people preaching to us about morals are sleazy. It is getting very, very ancient Rome around here. And we will continue laughing our way through the fall of the Republic. And if you're going to do that, you got to have some wine. That is why you want First Leaf. You know, First Leaf, first of all, it's fun because they have this method of finding out what kind of wine you like. It's a wine club, basically. You get started by taking a First Leaf wine quiz, and it assesses your exact wine drinking preferences. And they ask you all these questions that have nothing to do with wine, and somehow that tells them what your taste is like. And then they send you uh, their first introductory six-pack of wine just for 30 bucks, $29.95, which is six bottles of wine for $29.95. And these are wines that normally go for at least $20 a piece. And the wine is good. And then you taste the wine and you rate the wine. You go back online and you do it again. And they, you know, fine tune their knowledge of your taste. So the wine gets more and more stuff you like, but it's not just stuff you like, because I tend to drink the same thing over and over again. They will also send you new stuff that you might not have drunk before. So it really broadens your taste. You can sign up with my link and you'll get an exclusive intro offer, six bottles of wine for only $29.95 plus free shipping. Just go to tryfirstleaf.com slash Andrew. Pardon me, that's six bottles of wine for only $29.95 plus free shipping at try, T-R-Y, first Leaf, one word, tryfirstleaf.com slash Andrew. That'll help you laugh your way through the fall of the republic. I have to end this segment by playing, uh, talking about impeachment, by playing this thing of the press. They marched the articles of impeachment across the Capitol building into the Senate like a scene from Game of Thrones. It was hilariously comic, but the press sold it with all their hearts as one of the great moments in history. Here they are history of this moment as a student of American history. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, you know, people are going to be studying this for a long time. Just the ceremony of it, walking over, delivering the articles of impeachment. The House clerk right now appears to still be holding on to the articles of impeachment from what we can tell from the cameras right there. Uh, through the rotunda, uh, through Statuary Hall, uh, back to the House of Representatives. And just thinking about the history that they're walking through. They're wa- this is history. Uh, Nia, this is history unfolding. There's a sacramental quality to this. There's a there's a, a, a ritual. I'm so glad Chris used the word ritual because that's the word that has been stuck in my head about this all day today. There is something almost religious to it. And I think Pelosi's a real believer in this about ritual. She said he's been impeached forever. They can never erase that. And well, there's we know a, that's there's something... a sacramental statement yes. for life. Like a priest for life it yeah. is a perfect, a perfect statement of what she is. I think she's very... Reverential. A lot of members felt, and they told me as they were waiting, that this was an historic moment they didn't want to miss. One of the things these senators are going to have to think about is what do they want us to think about when we look at their portrait? Portrait, or, and some of them might think there will be actual statues that we will someday walk by. That is a lot of fake (laughs) news back there. In your dreams, and they want their dreams to be your dreams, and that's what they're selling. We got to take a break from Facebook and YouTube, but come over to dailywire.com because if you're not already a a subscriber, you're missing out. And right now, using promo code Clavin, you'll get 10% off of any plan that you choose. Head over to dailywire.com slash subscribe and pick the plan that's right for you. For as little as 10 bucks a month, members get our articles ad-free, access to all of our live broadcasts and show library, the full three hours of the Ben Shapiro show, select bonus content, 
access to the all-important mailbag. That will solve all your problems and change your life. Plus, our new all-access tier gets you into exclusive live online Q&A discussions with me, with Ben, with Matt Walsh, and Michael Knowles, plus Daily Wire writers and special guests. And don't forget, you'll also get the greatest of all beverage levels. Vessels, here it is. Shield your eyes. The very glow of it will blind you. It's the leftist tears tumbler. You get all of that plus 10% off when using promo code Claven. How do you spell it? How do you spell Claven? Stop depriving yourself. Come join the fun at dailywire.com. So when we talk about cancel culture, When we talk about political correctness, this is the point of it. This is the point of it. Anything that bursts the bubble of fantasy, anything that bursts the dream that the Democrats and their media are selling to you has to be condemned, not just condemned. I mean, has to be, you have to be destroyed for even being willing to say it because the one thing fantasy can't survive is the truth. And that is the whole point of cancel culture. It's the whole point of political correctness. It's the whole point of silencing people, everything uh, saying shut up. And and it, it reveals the phoniness of the whole thing, because if you're a black guy and you say, you know what, I kind of like Donald Trump, a blonde from Brooklyn will show up at your house and revoke your black card. You know, I mean, white people will come and say, you're not really black. Straight people will tell you you're not really gay if you will not become a, a knee-jerk Democrat. Anything that violates the bubble has to be stopped. You know, I got to tell you something. (laughs) Last night, I'm sitting around, I'm reading poetry, which I frequently do. And I talk a lot about the fact that Regency England and this moment in America are very similar. In Regency England, there had been this revolution in France, like we had a revolution in the 60s, and everything changed, and young people thought, oh, this is it, you know, this is, uh, heaven has come, paradise has come to earth, it's the age of Aquarius, and then it all fell apart. In France, it fell apart with the terror of the French Revolution and the Napoleonic War, which was essentially a world war, and thinking people said maybe the values that started the French Revolution were wrong, but if you said that, you got nailed. I mean, Wordsworth changed his mind and people were writing poetry about what a terrible guy he was. Well, we had the same thing. The 60s failed. They made things worse. They made life for black people worse. They made life for women uh, worse. Women are more unhappy since the 60s than they were before the 60s. Unbelievable stuff. And if you come out like me and you say, hey, you know, those it must have been those ideas. Those ideas were not good ideas. You're the bad guy. You have to be silenced. Last night, I'm reading Child Harold's Pilgrimage, which is a, a poem by Lord Byron. I'm rereading it. I've read it many times. It's, a, it's the poem that made Lord Byron famous. And one of the reasons it made him famous was it portrayed what, what came to be known as the Byronic hero, who was a guy who was tired of the sexual promiscuity in the, in the world. He was tired of the collapse of values that the French Revolution had caused. And so he went on this pilgrimage wandering around the world. And it came out in two different segments. The first two cantos came out in one year, and the second two cantos came out after the Napoleonic Wars were over, after Waterloo was over. And he was a much better poet by then and was really writing good stuff. And he talks about the way of the world and how corrupt the world is. And he talks about the fact that opinion has become king. He says, opinion and omnipotence. Opinion is all-powerful. Opinion and omnipotence whose veil mantles the earth with darkness until right and wrong are accidents, and men grow pale, lest their own judgments should become too bright, and their free thoughts be crimes, and earth have too much light. Cancel culture. It existed then, just as it existed now. Opinion and omnipotence, and men grow pale, 
because their free thoughts are crimes, right? The whole, that's cancel culture. You know, human nature never changes and it just comes up in different ways at different times. If you don't think this stuff is important, you're not paying attention. Conservatives are so stupid about this. We are, if I'm telling you, if there were no leftists, conservatives would be the stupidest people in America. They do not understand that this cancel culture matters. They run for their lives. They start to be afraid. Listen, I, like I'm, I'm a friend to gay people, but if you think gay being a homosexual is a sin, you should say so. You should come out and say so. You know, I think that this is the thing. If you are afraid to speak, if you're afraid to speak, they've all ready one. You know, there was an amazing, an amazing article in the Wall Street Journal yesterday, the day before, by Phil Graham and Michael Solon, talking about the fact that it was called the plot to politicize banking. And it talks about the fact that banking was politicized when the left started to force bankers to give subprime loans to people who were their favorite targets. They were in minorities. But the, minor, the problem was the minorities couldn't pay the loans back. So the so Wall Street started playing with those subprime loans and trying to get their money back for them by reselling them and reselling them. And when home values dropped, the entire economy collapsed in the 2008 election. That was how that happened. It was led by Barney Frank in the Congress and Chris Dodd in the Senate. Who did Obama have write the reform program? Barney Frank and Chris Dodd. That's the Frank Dodd or Dodd-Frank reform. So it's that's how corrupt it is. That's how terrible it is. Now what they're doing is they're trying to intimidate banks not to give money to things that they don't like. So a banker from Wells Fargo uh, goes in and Alexandria Occasional Cortex says to him, why was your bank involved in the caging of children? Because they loaned money to one of the firms that built, built the federal immigration detention centers. And the banker is terrified, right? He doesn't want this congresswoman coming down on him. And at the same hearing, uh, Representative Rashida Tlaib, another, they're, they're thugs. They're, this, is truly, this is truly ancient Roman stuff. These are congresswomen acting as thugs to intimidate bankers. And she went after a banker saying, will any of your banks make a commitment to phase out your investments in fossil fuels, Right which provide 90% of U.S. transportation and provide 2 million jobs in energy extraction. And by the way, keep us ahead of the Iranians because they make us energy independent. So they, the bankers get terrified because they know that cancel culture will come after them. And these congresswomen use that to, inter uh, to terrify. So when you see, for instance... The Joker. The Joker got a lot of Oscar nominations. And when you see people start to react to this at BuzzFeed, uh, uh, Paul Baugh, our own Paul Baugh writes in The Daily Wire, at BuzzFeed, uh, Scotchy Cole argued the Joker getting nominated is especially insulting in light of the fact that women and people of color were underrepresented at the Oscars this year. He says there are other movies and actors taking up this space, but it's more infuriating for Joker to do it because the movie posits that women and black women in particular are holding white men back which is absolute crap. I mean, that's absolute. Uh, that is a, a misreading of the, the Joker. It is really terrible. I, I mean, it really is just nonsense. But if you don't think that's important because it's just Joker and it's people saying stupid stuff, it translates into politics. Culture is down, uh, politics is downstream from culture. And once you become afraid to speak and once you become afraid of losing your job and once you become afraid of losing your sponsors, then there's nobody to speak up for the banks when a, a, a 
Ocasio-Cortez and Rashida Tlaib say, are you going to invest in people who build, uh, you know, detention centers for immigrants? Are you going to give loans to people who uh, have guns, who manufacture guns? That was another thing they went after them for. Once you become afraid that you're putting this tremendous political power in their hands, the power of fear, and you see this all over the place uh, in um, Chadwick Moore, who is a writer for The Spectator. He's a gay guy. He was a former liberal. He was red-pilled. He has been banned from Facebook for saying that crackers are the least, what does he call them, rednecks, are the least racist people. He put out an, a, an article in The Spectator saying, I'm told by the media, Northern liberals, that where I'm from is a backward land of racist bigots. Yet every time I go home to Tennessee, I'm reminded of the opposite. I've been to every corner of this country and still find that area of the South to be the least racist place in America banned from Facebook, taken off Facebook for saying that whites from the South are not racist people. In fact, the opposite. In Australia, Wilson Gavin, a 21-year-old gay conservative student, led a protest uh, against Drag Queen Story Hour at the Brisbane Square Library in Australia. The LGBT activist came after the kids so much that he killed himself. He killed himself because he couldn't take the cancel culture that came down on him. They're doing this on purpose. It is it has a political motive. I mean, I could read you a dozen stories. Uh, they blessed a Bible for, you know, this new space force that uh, Trump has started. They blessed a King James Bible uh, saying, may this Bible guard and guide all those whose purpose that the final frontier being a place where God will triumph over it. Uh, over evil, the Military Religious Freedom Foundation condemns as in as full-throated a manner as is humanly possible the shocking and repulsive display of only the most vile, exclusivist, fundamentalist Christian supremacy. They do it on purpose. They need you to be afraid. Stephen King got it the other day. Stephen King said he would only judge a uh, book on its merits, and they beat him up until he said, well, yeah, we do have to support, you know, minorities. But he could have just, <laughs> look, I don't. I believe that minorities could be excluded so that you don't see them. You don't see their merit. That's true. But ultimately, you judge the work on its merit. And if a white guy does something better than a black guy, you give it the the award to the white guy. You know, all of this stuff. All of this stuff is especially geared to, to minorities, and all of it may come a cropper in this next election because the polls are showing that thirty percent of blacks are supporting Trump. If that's true, if that is true. The Democrats could be finished for a generation, not just in this next election. And so they are desperate. And so the hate just keeps piling on and piling on. And conservatives who think it doesn't matter, conservatives who think they can just argue about policy and not argue about this, have lost their minds. They don't know what they're talking about. Let me end with a final reflection about Another Kingdom and myself. You know, you, you may remember this uh, Witcher non-troversy, I should call it, uh, where I said that I didn't believe this queen character in the Netflix show The Witcher who was fighting with a sword in a medieval warfare. She wasn't in a duel. No, you know, she wasn't in a duel of two people fencing and one taps the other and that's it. She was in the middle of a battle swinging this sword. And I made a mistake, I have to admit, and I knew it was a mistake even as it came out of my mouth and I didn't stop to correct it, where I said a sword would wave something like five to 10 pounds. Swords were much lighter than that, as I knew from researching Another Kingdom. If you don't think, this is The Witcher I'm talking about, right? This is a Netflix TV show so where I said women would not do well in medieval battles. They would not be able to fight in medieval battles. Here's a message I got on my Facebook fan page from a woman named, I'm going to name her, Marina Lilith Sanus Granados, saying, she, it's a fan page, so she said, let Clavin know never to set foot in Costa Rica or I'll personally rid the world 
of his scum. You can go on ahead and do whatever needs to be done because if he ever even gets close to our borders, he'll be going home in a body bag. There's enough misogynistic, ignorant apes already. Because I thought she wants to murder me, she's threatening me with death. She is, that is a death threat. Because I thought a character <laughs> Witcher was unrealistic. So with that in mind, I want to commend to you the new episode of Another Kingdom. It comes out for subscribers tomorrow, uh, Daily Wire subscribers tomorrow. It will be available to everybody Monday. Another Kingdom has been getting the best reactions ever. People just love it. I have to say that I love it. Knowles loves it. We finished recording it, but we haven't finished releasing it yet. And in Another Kingdom, there was a battle scene where the hero has, and his girl uh, advisor, this girl Maud, who advises him, and she wants to go into battle with him. And he says, forget it. And she says, why? Because I'm a girl? And he says, yes, exactly, exactly that. I need men. This isn't a movie. It's war. I need big men, soldiers, centaurs, ogres, strong men who can fight other men who are also strong with big, strong arms that can wield swords all day without growing tired. And she says, what's a movie? And he says, it's a kind of lie in which things are the way people want them to be instead of the way they are. This is not that. And I want to say to conservatives, you know, this is the stuff that I'm saying in, in my art. This is the stuff that people say when they're not afraid. When Clint Eastwood brought out uh, his new movie, Richard Jewell, and people said this is a pro-Trump movie. Conservatives didn't show up. They didn't show up to support him. It's a good movie, too. It's not like it's a bad movie, which would be different. They didn't show up to support him. If you don't show up to support artists who have a vision of the world that has something to do with reality, you will only get art that tells the left-wing lie because the pressure is intense, the hate is intense, the cancel culture is intense, and a lot of people crack, like the kid in Australia who killed himself, like people who stand down because they're afraid. And if you're not supporting the people who aren't afraid, what do you think's going to happen? What do you think's going to happen when the voters are enwrapped in that fantasy and in nothing else and the truth can't reach them? Then when 2020 comes and you say, oh, but Trump was doing so well, why'd they vote him out of office? That's why, because you didn't show up to defend the truth from the left-wing fantasy. The Clavenless Weekend is upon you, so it doesn't really matter, really, because you're probably not going to survive. But if you do survive, we'll be back here on Monday. I'm Andrew Claven. This is The Andrew Claven Show. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, give us a five-star review. And also tell your friends to subscribe, too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Matt Wall Show, and The Michael Knowles Show. Thanks for listening. The Andrew Claven Show is produced by Robert Sterling and directed by Mike Joyner. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Senior producer, Jonathan Hay. Technical producer, Austin Stevens. And our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. Assistant director, Pavel Wydowski. Edited by Adam Saievitz. Audio mixed by Robin Fenderson. Hair and makeup is by Jesua Alvera. Animations are by Cynthia Angulo. Production assistants, McKenna Waters and Ryan Love. The Andrew Claven Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. A giddy Nancy Pelosi pretends to be somber while signing the official impeachment resolution against President Trump and simultaneously doling out souvenir pens to her jackal colleagues. Meanwhile, Vladimir Putin moves to consolidate power in yet another blow 
to representative government in Russia. We will examine why and how democracy fails. Then Trump wins big on the trade war with China. Huge, huge news. CNN releases the Warren Bernie exchange and finally the mailbag. Check it out on the Michael Knowles show. While tackling your New Year's goals, don't forget about your daily dose of fruits and vegetables, which just got easier to remember thanks to Balance of Nature. Their fruit and veggie capsules offer a convenient way to consume those essential nutritional ingredients daily. So improve your diet and feel your best this year. Go to balanceofnature.com and use promo code WIRE for 35% off, plus a free fiber and spice in your first order as a preferred customer. That's balanceofnature.com, promo code WIRE.